Hi, I'm Helleth Kendrick. And I'm Chris Keane. And this is the Recruit for Spouses podcast. Now today we're going to be talking to Charlotte Schuberg, who is the Commercial Director at Virgin. Charlotte has been working with us for over a year now and has some amazing stories about the Recruit for Spouses programme with Virgin. But more interestingly, I think for this podcast is how great she is at talking about her role at Virgin. Being a military spouse and working are two very difficult things to do, but having a role which is such a high executive level is something we're really interested to hear more about. So Charlotte, thank you so much for coming on today and tell us why is it so great that you work for Virgin? I have never worked at an organisation which has such an amazing culture, has such a varied portfolio of companies and interests and opinions and genuinely wants to change business for good you know from helping people get the best rate on their savings through virgin money to having the best experience when you fly across the atlantic to only this week sending small satellites into orbit which were launched from a boeing 747 you can't make this up (laughs) you you couldn't make it up it almost sounds too extraordinary but that really is virgin and built on a heritage which is second to none led by people not least the founders and and the Branson family but is a organization which gives so much and does so much and cares for its people so well that I feel like I've come home which I know is cliched and incredibly corny but I feel like I've fallen on my feet at Virgin and for the past year have spent time building a small but perfectly formed communications function for one of the newest Virgin companies in the family which is Virgin Red which is a new rewards club for Virgin customers and it's going from strength to strength but is a genuine startup. It is a new kid on the block, it is building from the ground up the product, the app, the website, the rewards that you can get, the mechanics, how we invite members in, everything we are doing ourselves. And it's incredibly exciting to be part of the journey from birth. And the objectives and our ambition are just incredibly exciting. And then literally this month, I've taken on additional responsibilities to head up the communications team for Virgin more broadly in the UK. So working within sort of the Virgin management fold, which sits at the very centre of the organisation, which is, again, just wow. It was a real wow moment to be able to, you know, put my years of experience and my short experience at Virgin, but to bring it and use it for the greater good, I guess. That's really interesting, Charlotte. Thank you so much for that. But what I'm really keen to understand a little bit more about is how being a military spouse has affected your work and your career. I've been very lucky in as much as I'm a military spouse and, and deal with all the all the difficulties that so many other military spouses and partners deal with. You know, the being on your own, the events that are missed, just managing without the support that ordinarily when you're in a relationship you have and also dealing with the aspect of danger and loneliness and all that sort of stuff. But I also appreciate that I'm lucky that we have been very stable with my husband's job and we haven't needed to move around. He has, but we haven't as a unit, which brings its own challenges, but at least there's a sort of solid base. But I guess, how has it impacted my career? In a way, I was certainly able to be, I guess, selfish. And I mean that in a sort of positive way, but when your partner might be out of the country for 
six to eight months a year, which was not unusual quite a few years ago, you're able to, well, what are you going to do? And, and my sort of mindset was, well, I could sit here and be really sad, which, you know, you do get sad and you do get lonely and you do get cross and all those emotions bubble up. Or I can use this time to further my own career and see where things will take me. And, and that's why when you get a phone call to say, hey, would you like to work in London rather than the very comfortable commute of 20 minutes you currently have, you kind of go, okay, well, it sounds horrendous, but I guess what have I got to lose? And and I'm not really impacting anybody else right now because that other person's around the world or, you know, crazy hours and their own sort of different situations. So whilst no one wants to be in a relationship that's a bit like sort of passing chips in the night, it did help both of us to kind of throw ourselves into our careers, mine obviously being in kind of the corporate world and my husband's being in, in the military world and having that understanding and being proud of each other that we're able to progress and advance whilst also kind of looking at each other going, but this really isn't normal, is it? <laughs> because, you know, it would be quite nice just to go home each night and have beans and toast. Whereas actually that sort of normality didn't exist for quite a few years. In fact, when we got back from our honeymoon, we didn't actually go home together. I went home and my husband went back to work. You do sort of put up with things which you know aren't normal, but they become very normal. But you create a resilience and a sort of a positive can-do attitude, or try to. I can't say I've always been perfect, but you do create a sort of ability to just pick yourself up and move forward. And I guess you can translate those hiccups in the road, let's say, or bumps in the road. You can transplant that experience into the corporate world or your working world or just whatever you do and be resilient and push on forward where perhaps other people may struggle a little bit more. And, you know, I think all of us have been tested to the limits over the past 10, 11 months with COVID-19. But... I feel almost better prepared than I guess some of my friends who aren't from a military background. For instance, you know, Boris's sort of announcement a few days before Christmas saying that, you know, you were going to have five days with your families, but now most of you aren't going to have any days with your family. And we're able to kind of shrug it off going, well, <laughs> we've been there before. Yeah. Whereas a lot of my dearest friends and colleagues I work with, they hadn't, and I'm pleased for them, but haven't been in a situation where somebody else tells you what you can or can't do. Whereas I think if you're in the military, you're often told what you can and can't do. And so you have to kind of develop that thick skin to be able to um, deal with it a bit better. That's very true. It's a very common thread when we're talking to other spouses, not only just on this podcast, but in our forums, they all say very similar. I mean, Chris and I, we talk to a lot of people on this podcast and resilience is a very common theme. And it does build resilience, absolutely. But actually... I was really interested to hear what you said about becoming a mum as well. It makes you more resourceful as a kind of employee and a military spouse. So would you say that military spouses are a lot more adaptable and resilient as a workforce? I really do. And I'm not just saying that, I'm really not. Being able to juggle 15 different things. For instance, only yesterday, phone call from nursery, your youngest has developed a cough. You need to pick him up immediately. <laughs> and I'm, I'm literally, I'm in a call and we've got you know, another child to deal with. And we're sure it's not COVID, but my goodness, we need to get a test. And within 15, possibly 20 minutes of receiving that phone call, we were on our way to a test that I'd managed to book and schedule before I left the house. And um, 
navigating a site which I hoped I'd never need to use. And just like, well, if, if we're going to bring a semblance of normality back to this household, we need to know whether this child has COVID or not, because if he does have COVID, that's something we'll just deal with and we'll deal with it like everybody else is for 10 days. But my goodness, if he doesn't, we need to prove he doesn't because then we can have everything back on track. And I think certainly within two hours of getting that phone call, we were back home and tea was on the table and tests had been done. And admittedly, yes, I've been checking my phone every 25 seconds today, <laughs> waiting to see the email come through from the NHS to say whether or not he did or did not have COVID. And for the record, he didn't have COVID. So luckily, our life is back on track. But you have plates spinning and they spin beautifully if nothing disturbs the art form of the plate spinning. It only requires one thing to make them all topple down. So my objective and I'm certain certainly with my friends who are military spouses and then of course and I will go on to this talk about the military spouses who I work with at Virgin they know that they want to keep those plates spinning and they will do anything they can to make sure those plates continue to spin because the repercussions of letting just one thing topple or perhaps not be quite in sync is just not something you want to contemplate and that might mean that I become shouty mum or shouty wife sometimes where you have a window of three minutes and lots of things have to happen in that three minutes and there is no time for fun in this three minute window but it's for the greater good it's really important because otherwise who knows what might happen if it took four minutes instead of those three minutes you set aside and I exaggerate slightly although I'm sure my husband would probably say I'm not exaggerating at all bizarrely I almost find I'm probably more military than my husband is at home just to keep the plate spinning I'm really keen to talk about your transition from banking into Virgin Red because I've been talking to my wife recently about the future. So a bit about me is that I've always worked in the media industry. Since the age of 16, I've worked in radio or TV. And right now I'm a stay-at-home dad. I'm looking after Holly, my daughter, full-time, which is amazing, by the way. It's the greatest job in the world. But we were just talking about the future when Holly goes to school and I'm in a position to get back into full-time work. Do I go back into the media industry, find a job there where I'm comfortable, or do I find something completely different and give that a go? So I'm really curious on how you found the transition moving from something that you knew like the back of your hand into something new. What was that like for you? I fear I may not be the best case study because whilst I've totally switched industries, the job I'm doing is still arguably very, very similar, but on a bigger and broader and culturally different scale. But I guess for me, it was always knowing deep down that I needed that change. And, you know, working in financial services through the financial crisis, you know, I learned very quickly that never get into a cab and say which building you wanted to go to in London because you get an earful of 25 minutes of why banks are awful and why bankers all need to be got rid of by the taxi driver. So you would just give a sort of just the name of the street and walk a bit so they didn't realise you worked in banking. And, and that's not a lie. That's what we all did because we just didn't want the grief of what people thought of banks at the time. And whilst clearly things have moved on a lot from then, you know, sort of in your heart of hearts, you know, when I was that little girl performing on the stage and doing that sort of stuff that is the life in banking really <laughs> what I dreamed up for me. Whereas actually a career at Virgin and all the things that Virgin can deliver, that's definitely seems something that would fit and is right for me. 
so there's always this sort of niggling thing that feeling in your tummy when you just kind of know now is the time for change and throwing myself into the career becoming senior when I was young and having the opportunity to kind of get to a point in my career before having children then having two children relatively quickly then sort of feeling like you know what I've done lots of hard graft I've got the mat leaves behind me not that that should matter but I know most women do kind of think about when is the right time and all that sort of stuff and I don't want to miss that big launch on and this and you shouldn't think that way but I think a lot of people probably do I certainly have when that sort of behind you you're able to perhaps be not risky necessarily but certainly willing to take perhaps more chances and try your hand at doing something different and as I say I'm still the same I'm still communications but you know it is certainly a departure from very staid very grey financial services industry and I worked for quite funky ones as well to virgin you know my goodness I realized I think on day three that I needed to wear very different things to work because suddenly you know suddenly the court shoes and the smart dress wasn't quite the vibe and, and stuff like that so I certainly you could spot the girl who was just plucked out of banking for a little while but it was a sort of inner urge I guess and it just felt right and my goodness I haven't looked back I really haven't and I'm proud every day and you know would shout it on the rooftops I work for Virgin and you know if I'm carrying sticker books to a restaurant when we used to be able to go out to restaurants and take children with you and stuff like that but you know I have a little bag that's a Virgin bag and it's got the logo on it and you know I'm super super proud to have that just because it's an amazing company it really is. I think it's really cool, actually, the fact that you did take that opportunity, because a lot of people I know just wouldn't have done that. They're so set in their ways. They're happy where they are. They've got a job where they're good at that job and they are comfortable. So they'd probably think to themselves, why would I want to leave this for something completely different? You know, even if it was the most amazing opportunity, I don't think they'd leave it. So the fact that you did do that and you did take that leap into a new industry is very cool. It's a really interesting point you make. When I was offered the job to leave the very comfortable organisation I'd been in since university and suddenly commuting two and something hours each way to get to this job in London and knowing it would be bigger and total different lifestyle change and all this sort of stuff. In fact, it was my mother who gave me this advice and kind of sat down and said, OK, right, should I take it? Should I do this leap? And you kind of do your pros and cons and all that sort of stuff. And she said to me, OK, right, you take the job. And in six months time, you're miserable, you don't like it. What do you do? And I said, well, I would be looking for another job and I would work really hard to find another job. And she's like, but how would you feel about having tried it and made that leap? And I said, I would be proud and pleased that I took the opportunity because at least I tried it out. She went, okay, right. So in six months time, you're still here. <laughs> you didn't take that leap. What would you be thinking? And I said, without hesitation, I wish... I had taken that other job. Mm. So it's that sort of, you don't know what you don't know. It might not be the right decision, but there are always ways out of bad decisions made, but you can't undo a decision that you never made in the first place. I'm not even sure that makes sense, but I think, I'm, I think you might understand what I'm trying to get at. But you have to try it sometimes, right? And you have to, if you don't take that leap, you'll never know how it may have ended. And for that, you don't want to have the regret. Definitely. So that's certainly where I came from. And I wouldn't be at Virgin had I not taken that leap because the people I ended up working with in London, one person in particular was the person who introduced me to Virgin. If I hadn't made that leap to London, then I would never have met him. I may have done, but, you know, I can't see how. And I wouldn't be here today. So 
things happen for a reason. It just took a long time yeah. <laughs> to get here. Something I was reading earlier about Virgin and about Richard Branson himself, actually, is the fact that he's really personal to his staff, like really down to earth and really respectful to all of his staff members. Is that the case? He really is. He really is just inspirational leader. The whole family is actually, but I not want to sound like a cliche, but it is their baby and just wanting a genuine need, a genuine desire to change business for good, to find where something in an industry or for customers isn't working right and finding that solution to do it better and do it differently and an organization whose values and i'll read them actually but you know insatiable curiosity smart disruption being straight up with heartfelt service delightfully surprising you now anyone who's flown virgin atlantic over the years and has probably nicked the salt and pepper pots and stuff like that you know virgin atlantic expects you do and you know it's those sorts of small touches like that and being kind of relevant you know we call it internally kind of red hot relevance but we've seen it when we're building virgin red what do our members need and want and love? And it could be from the everyday of getting a coffee on your points with your Virgin points, because you know, you've been rewarded and you know what, everyone sometimes just wants a fancy coffee and how great to get one free. Or it could be saving for that trip of a lifetime. Just before Christmas, Richard surprised a group of school children in Devon who are dyslexic and he surprised them in one of their sort of business classes and spoke to them and answered their questions because Richard himself being a dyslexic and helping people understand and, and how you can thrive and giving these children the oomph and the encouragement that sometimes, you know, we all need, right? But to share, you know, there's no better way to highlight an issue than to share your own experience and and Richard does that in spades just inspires and and delights people every day he sounds like the perfect leader and reaches for the stars at every opportunity quite literally reaches for the stars and that's got to pass down through the ranks it really does as I said I pinch myself every day to kind of going my goodness an organization that can boast from rocket ships to, (laughs) to awards club it's phenomenal very very lucky one of my jobs at Recruit Spouses is to go out and get the business, to get the work coming in. And it was a pleasant surprise when we, so we started working together, would have been about a year ago now, when mm. we started working with Virgin Red and we started on board some teams and then you and I started working together. And then you said to me, actually, I'm a military spouse. And I just thought that was great. But one thing I would love to talk about is the town hall that we did. It was strange because normally it's me talking about this is what being a military spouse is to a lot of people that have no idea about our lives. And I think we need to tell our listeners what a town hall is, because to be honest, I wasn't quite sure what it was. So you can talk a little bit around what that was, the setup and what we had to do. And, and then what you did, because I literally just got there and had to say nothing. By the time. It <laughs> so yes, let me try and answer each point in turn and ensure I don't just rabbit on as I tend to do. So a town hall is essentially an opportunity to get the whole company together and you will have probably the most senior person in the organization sort of talking first but not necessarily and you know you might have external visitors come in like your good self or just updates from the business and an opportunity to a have a little bit of fun and be asked questions and it's sort of you know anything goes we were holding these town halls monthly and we have a lovely our office is beautiful (laughs) not that i've seen it 
for a very, very long time. A huge, great big area where everybody could come together. There's probably about 100 of us. And we'd all sit there and be very informal. And Andrew, our chief executive, would speak. And then we'd go into the Q&As and all that sort of stuff. Then, of course, lockdown happened. So we'd only had two of these, actually. And then suddenly we all found the whole business is working from home. And suddenly, you know, communications, particularly, as I mentioned earlier, the internal communications really comes into its own because suddenly you there's no more coffee machine chat. There's no kind of grabbing somebody just to have a quick update on whatever. Suddenly you are all forced to be doing it. As we all know, in all our lives, at Christmas, for goodness sake, everyone's doing it over Zoom. You know, you want to talk to somebody, you have to see whether they're free because you can't just see whether they're free. And you don't have that interaction. And, and how do you make this kind of staring at a screen thing pleasant? And how do you break down the barriers? And, and so we've instantly upped our game on communications and just did more and more and more to the point that actually my team and I, we were summarising every Boris Johnson briefing at five o'clock in the evening and summarising it and sending it out to our colleagues because oh, no one, not everyone needs to suffer these, but at least we can deliver the facts and also anything that would react or have an implication with the company as well, whether it be schools closing or whatever it might be, we were kind of becoming a bit of a new service. But we also made our town halls weekly. And we did some silly things like, you know, we knew people's birthdays were coming up. We'd actually sing as a whole organisation, Happy Birthday. And I don't know if you've tried to sing any song, but Happy Birthday is a good one to try when you're all remote through a screen because the time delay and drag is quite phenomenal. And you don't realise when you're just talking because people are polite and they let other people finish before they then say something else. But if you're trying to have 100 people sing at the same time, it sounds awful just absolutely terrible but we did things like this just to try and mix it up and it was an opportunity actually really the only opportunity for everybody to see everybody because nobody (laughs) unless you work with somebody really closely you'd have no reason to pick up the phone to bob in wherever sort of thing whereas our town hall was that one opportunity for everybody to connect so that's what our town halls are and we've been doing them ever since and we continue to do them and we continue to try and mix them up and you know we still sing we probably shouldn't but we do still sing and we try and have as much fun as possible but of course we also we like to bring in guests and we brought in Helef and it seemed a perfect opportunity to really help everybody at Virgin Red understand what Recruit for Spouses is what Recruit for Spouses does and actually really provide some colour about why it's important. And Haleth is right, because often you just go, here is Haleth from Recruit for Spouses, and, and you get to do your pitch to people, which is fantastic. But I kind of decided, rightly or wrongly, to intro you with my own experience. And I'm not sure that even based on the fact that I've spent most of my time working with my colleagues remotely and you know, don't often in your first introduction, in your first couple of weeks go, hi, I'm Charlotte, I'm a military spouse. I'm not even sure most people at Virgin Red even knew I was a military spouse. So I think it took people quite by surprise when I opened up and perhaps, you know, emotions always catch me off guard a little bit, but opened up about how I, my own experience as a military wife and the things that we all know, which are difficult, you know, being on your own or dealing with childcare on your own, or, you know, the disappointment when things are canceled at short notice. Um, But actually what really struck me and why Recruit for Spouses has really struck a chord with me is I've seen so many of my friends suffer from having really interesting and 
or not even high power, just careers and jobs and things like that, which they loved. And then as soon as they married and they moved onto a base and potentially moved out of town or, you know, just the things that are quite normal if you marry somebody in the military or hook up with someone in the military. A lot of those, not everybody, and it'd be unfair for me to say that everybody had this happen to them, but a fair few of them found that they weren't working. And also what was really surprising is any military event I went to, there was a genuine surprise when people found out I had a job and that it was a career and that I was doing quite well at it and I was senior and all these sorts of things, almost like a how on earth have you managed that? Like women don't, <laughs> was kind of sometimes the sort of never said, but suggested perhaps, which quite frankly is just archaic and horrendous and just shouldn't be allowed, right? It shouldn't be a thing that you marry the military and that means that you put your own life on hold. They should run concurrently. Yes, you will deal with more things and yes, it's not for everybody. And yes, we may be shouty mummy and shouty wife a bit more than friends who aren't married to the military, but you shouldn't be restricted with what you want to do because of who you've married. It's like we're talking about Victorian times or <laughs> something happening in the 50s. That just shouldn't be the case. And so when I started to understand Recruit for Spouses and was blown away by the fact that, my goodness, this company I've just joined is talking to Recruit for Spouses, I just couldn't believe it. It just cemented again just the amazing approach and culture that Virgin has, but also how open-minded it is, but also the service that Haleth and her team are providing and the lifeline to be able to marry people, amazing people, to amazing jobs. And it doesn't matter that, you know, you might be on a base in North Yorkshire or in Scotland or Germany, you know, and I think the pandemic's really taught us this and companies hopefully will realise this, that no job needs to be nine to five and no job needs to be tethered to a desk. And it should be about finding the right people to do the right role. And it doesn't matter if that means that you do your eight hours or how many hours you want to work that day, but split into three chunks. Or, you know, you do longer days on a Tuesday and Wednesday, because actually on a Friday, you've got 15 kids to pick up. That kind of stuff shouldn't matter anymore. And I think that's where progressive companies like Virgin are leading the charge on this sort of stuff. But Recruit for Spouses is really highlighting not only the problems and issues that military spouses and partners suffer, but actually that there's a workforce here, a very talented workforce that should be tapped into. And it takes courage on both sides, right? It takes courage on Recruit for Spouses to do this and for the spouses themselves to put themselves forward. And that's why the coaching and training and mentoring that Recruit for Spouses does is, again, just mind blowing and just amazing in every way. But it takes companies also to think differently and change their perceptions. And, and it's interesting, you know, my first job when I started after university was in a big town, but certainly, you know, wasn't the big lights of London or anything like that. And there were quite a few, certainly two very big military bases near the town where my organisation was based. And therefore, you had a lot of people who knew of somebody, if they weren't directly linked to the military, they weren't too far removed from being linked to the military. Or at the very least, they looked up and they saw great big aeroplanes flying over and stuff like that. So always kind of, you know, people would marvel at like, look at the size of it and look how noisy it is and all that kind of stuff. So it was always in kind of people's consciousness and, and you'd have lots of fundraising and things. When I moved jobs and started working in London, it was incredible how people just 
it wasn't even on their consciousness. A, the military per se, and we're talking 2010. So, you know, the UK forces have been very, very busy in the 2000s and continue to be so. And yet there was still very little recognition or understanding of military per se, never mind what it's like to be a military spouse and try and get that sort of understanding of what. So when you say your husband's away, what, just for a night? Like, no, no, we're, we're months. <laughs> well, no, but he'll come home. No, no. And that just isn't on people's radar. And you think, my goodness. And, you know, is it just the few lone spouses who are able to kind of integrate themselves into different workforces to try and spread the message and you kind of think well that's not going to be sustainable so we need companies like virgin and we need outfits like recruit for spouses where we can bring these issues to the fore and and start understanding what's really going on but that's really interesting because what i'd like to talk about next is our amazing virgin genies so we've got spouses who it's not a straightforward thing to get these jobs and then to get the spouses to a point where they're training and they're working. But we've now got spouses working 365 days a year, 24 hours around the clock, and we've got spouses working in America, all over the world for Virgin Red. And it's a really exciting time, not only for Virgin Red, but also for military spouses, because what's happening is there's a cohort of teams and people you as a company are seeing the advantages of working with military spouses. And the team at Virgin Red have been great in the sense that they've fed back weekly on the challenges that individuals and groups have been having. So the coaching has really, really helped. But also, I think the relationship and the understanding between the company and such a huge company as well. If we go back to that town hall when you did that intro, I was like, I don't need to say anything now she's done my job but everybody got it they just got it they didn't have to go and so many times I've stood in front of companies and they've kind of shrugged their shoulders and gone yeah well is it actually going to make any benefit to me as a company but actually what Virgin said to us is that this has increased our productivity this has increased our bottom line we are seeing a definite shift of better workers so the workforce is created so Give us a little bit around the sort of roles that spouses are doing in Virgin at the moment. There are two sort of big types of role that the military spouses are supporting us on at the moment. And there's a huge cohort called the Genies, our Virgin Red Genies, and they are helping our customers day in and day out. In fact, they're helping our members and customers on two separate programs at the moment as it happens. And, you know, just providing the best level of service, like just phenomenal. And it works out for everybody. Virgin is super happy. The members are super happy and the Genies are super happy because everyone has got the perfect solution, right? And then also we've got lots of the spouses doing our social media for us as well. And some of that will be more customer focused piece, but also, you know, sort of celebrating, you know, Virgin Orbit made history. And our genies were on Twitter and Instagram and celebrating it and sending good vibes from Virgin Red and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, they're empowered, like this is a proper communications role they're doing. And who doesn't want a chunk of that pie, right? I know the answer to these questions, so I'm going to ask them for the benefit of our listeners. We know that there are hundreds of military spouses just desperate to get work and really want to work with Virgin. I know this is a very difficult question because it's part of what we're working on at the moment. What would you say to those spouses who are waiting for work with you? I think believe in yourself. Don't think that any company 
is too much or too big or you're not the right fit or anything like that. And I think lots of people will be their harshest critic. And actually, it's just, dare I say it, sometimes women are a bit more likely to do this than men, sort of believe that, well, no, that's not going to happen or that that would be impossible. There's no way I could do that job with three kids and military husband and X, Y and Z. You know, I live in Lancashire and that's just not going to work. But actually, scrub all of that because companies and not just Virgin, lots of companies. And I think the pandemic's talked lots of people that, you know, you kind of need to rip up the rule book a little bit when it comes to work now, because we've all been thrown into a very different situation. We've all come out kind of okay, those lucky enough to be able to continue to work and not be under restrictions and things like that. It's having that confidence and belief and reaching out. You know, I'm happy for people to find me and talk to me and just talk to recruit for spouses. Like you literally have nothing to lose. And, you know, I will be shouting from the rooftops as much as I can about our partnership with recruit for spouses because the story needs to be told and more people need to know about it and joe public needs to understand the situation that military spouses find themselves in day in day out and it shouldn't be you know the situation needs to be heard but also the preconceptions need to vanish and you know if you've been out of work for years and years and years because quite frankly you've moved around every 18 months and you've lived in far-flung places where quite frankly there was nowhere to work and it's the same even if you take a year out on maternity leave you know you come back going can I still do this and how do I juggle and the step from doing nothing to something is sometimes the greatest step you could take but actually it's not insurmountable it really isn't but that's why the mentoring that Recruit for Spouses provides and the coaching and the fact that there are decent companies out there and there are lots actually and I should say I haven't always spoken positively of the banking sector but there is an awful lot of very very positive recruitment policies and programs in place certainly in quite a few of the organizations I worked in where they actively encouraged returning mums back to the workplace or you know finding people who might not have the experience in very detailed technical investment type stuff and actually you know not going to the usual places to fill those holes and and you know speaking to recruiters and going hang on I don't you know if we're going to be putting a pitch out there to fill this vacancy it's got to be 50 50 male female it's got to be this experience is we can't sort of fit to type anymore and have that sort of group thought thing going on it's we've got to break down those barriers and do things differently and and I have to say banking actually was very good at that but again it's a story that was not often told and I think you know we have an opportunity here to really tell the recruit for spouses story get more companies involved get more spouses involved and and just just ensure that when somebody moves on to a base that's not the end you just live in a place with lots of magnolia paint and perhaps some curtains you'd like to replace and an oven that may have seen better days but it doesn't mean that you can't work and you can't have a career and you can't be the person that you were six months ago before you moved into that house behind the wire that's amazing thank you charlotte and i'd like to take this opportunity to thank you and the team kate and rebecca all the team at virgin for just persevering with it and uh, you've all worked so hard to get us through i know that kate and rebecca work really hard with the teams at the moment i mean we are working aren't we to create more jobs for spouses that's one of our main efforts at the moment so anybody listening that's our main effort for the next quarter anyway but yeah, thank you so much for coming on today and we've really enjoyed talking to you. No, thank you.